Welcome into nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas, also streamed on the Vegas Golden Knights digital platforms, live from Studio 31 here at City National Arena. Ashley Vice here with you, joined by VGK analyst, the Sheriff, Shane Knighty. Shane, we're mixing up the routine a little bit. We normally do this show on Monday, but there was a game. <laughs> So here we are with a Tuesday edition of Nighttime at Noon. But I'm curious your thoughts. I get to this point in the season where it's either a game day or it's not a game day. I have no idea what day of the week it is oh at any given moment. Yeah, that, that's been my life for the last, uh, well, I'm not going to say how many years. But <laughs> being a part as a player and broadcaster, yeah, you kind of, once it's in season, it, it's basically, like you said, it's either game day or non-game day. And that's, uh, you know, you're lucky. Every now and then you'll catch up, know what day of the week it is. Um, it's kind of routine, but yeah, it's uh, certainly here with a long homestand too. It's a, it's been a little unusual for a team to have this many games in a row at home, obviously with the postponements of a couple of Canadian games. Yeah, wouldn't have it any other way. Just a random thought, uh, some news to break down. There was an optional skate this morning and Pete DeBoer said during media availability that Ryan Craig, Steve Spott, and Logan Thompson are in COVID protocol. Alec Martinez now out of COVID protocol, but now he has to catch up on some conditioning because he's missed several days being in COVID protocol. He was on the ice, still in a red non-contact sweater. So we'll dive into all of that a little bit later in the show. But first, last night, the VGK, a three-goal lead in the first period, come back and lose 5-3 to Pittsburgh. Is that a game that you are dissecting, or is that one that you just throw out the window and move on? Yeah, it's interesting because I think that one stings because of the you know the ability to get up three nothing. But um, it, uh, I think it's one of those games that you have to look at. I think it's one that uh, you know maybe a little bit of a wake up call. That's one of the top teams. Uh, you know, the way Pittsburgh's been playing lately, uh, they've they've been arguably the best team in the league. Their performance, they're a deep team now that they're back healthy with Malkin back. Uh, you know, look at their center ice position, Crosby, Malkin, Carter, the ability to throw those three guys over the boards. Um, so for the Golden Knights, yeah, they, you know, I I think it's it's kind of been something. And I mentioned, I think the homestand has gone stale. When you're home this many games, you like to get away. Um, but it, it's not about excuses at this point. I think every team's dealing, whether it's people in and out of the lineup, rust, I know there's a layoff. Um, but, you know, it's kind of been a homestand, a disappointing one. And you look at that game, the ability to come out and, and, and play, and, yeah, there's a lot of games when things don't go your way, you throw it out and you say, okay, that's – but this game, I think uh, there are situational plays that didn't go their way, so you learn from that. Um, you know, they score a goal in the first off a face-off win. There's, you know, the neutral zone draws don't matter that much, but when you're taking important offensive or defensive zone draws – uh, that situational play and awareness. Uh, and then in the second period, you know, they give or third period, they give up a couple of goals right off clean face-off wins. And, and, you know, I think they have to recognize that. The second period, they got into penalty trouble. They weren't ready. I think you, you can't lay off on a three-goal lead against a team like that. And even you look at that first period, I thought Robin Leonard made a couple of good saves. They only had seven shots. So it wasn't, you know, they were up 3 nothing. But I don't know if it was really indicative of the way they were playing or just kind of, you know, opportunistic. Um, but, you know, human nature, a three-goal lead, all right, you think everything's going your way. And I think, you know, you can't take your foot off the gas. So it's what they learn from that game and making sure those mistakes are learned and you don't repeat, especially against good teams like Pittsburgh. There's other teams you may be able to get away with, okay, you weren't ready for the first five minutes of the second, but you get going after that. Well, they weren't ready, penalties, all of a sudden, it's one-goal games completely changed everything. So uh, I think this is a good learning experience, and it's got to be taken the right way. It's not just a wash away. It's one 
you don't dissect necessarily, but you really look hard at as, as individuals and as a group that, hey, we need to be better. We need to have a more consistent effort. Um, and they will. It's a veteran group in there. They, they understand that, that's, uh, that they, they can't afford to continue to play that way and say, oh, well, we don't hit the panic button. We don't do the it's time to say okay let's learn from that let's go on and make sure it doesn't happen again yeah, soul searching that's the term that mark stone used there's after, a good there's after the game last that's why he's night. a I captain thought, yeah i thought that was a good phrase and historically throughout this season this team has actually gotten up for the, some of the best opponents does it sometimes take that kind of loss like you said human nature to kind of wake you up and be like okay can't get away with that again yeah I, and i think that that builds resolve in the group and in as the team and and you know when your captain says soul searching like it is it, it's one of those you it's it's not only as a group you got to look at i think individually uh you know soul searching look in the mirror what, whatever you want to call it, look at the guy next to you to make sure that as a group okay and there's an understanding within that room that all right this that this hasn't been good enough. Uh, they're historically been a great team on home ice. Uh, this homestand hasn't gone their way. I think it's been too long. Uh, you know, as a group of guys, uh, when you're in there, you know, when you're at home, there's a, there's a lot of things. You love playing at home. There's nothing better than playing at your home building for a stretch of games. But, you know, they're going to be playing their eighth, and they need a win in this one against Montreal. But that's a long time. When you get away, it's just a group. It's just the guys. You need those little breaks, road trips to go away. And, and kind of reconnect at home. There's a lot of guys have families. There's a lot of things going on. Um, so I think they'll welcome a road trip. But that said, there's a, there's a big job to be done against Canadians, and it's up to them as a group to, to get back. And, you know, they've been able to show that. And I think that that's going to be on them here against the Montreal team that they can't take lightly. they got to approach. They've got to approach every team the same way. And we've heard that discussed from the coaching staff, from the players about, you know, the focus is on our game. Because when they do focus on and when they play the t style, the type, the detailed game they want, uh, then they impose that on the other team. Make the other team adapt to you rather than you having to adapt to them. And, and that's when they have success. They certainly have the talent. Uh, it, it's just a matter of them. Their execution needs to be better. Staying on that home ice topic, um, you talked about how this has been too long of a homestand, but if you take that kind of out of the equation, a lot of people are concerned about the overall home record. And yeah. Pete DeBoer pointed to a couple of things yesterday. He said he thinks that those three straight losses at the beginning of the season played into it. He said the power plays a lot better on the road than it is at home, and he doesn't necessarily trust either of those extremes, but that that's probably playing into it. All in all, is it too soon, given the sample size? We're only halfway through the season. Is it too soon to be super concerned about the home record? Do you think some of that is just coincidence? They've happened to lose at home, or as a player, is there more to it? I don't think you can ever really, like, you don't want to be super concerned. There, there, there needs to be some concern, absolutely. They, they need to be better, and I think um, it's about learning how to play at home the right way. At times, uh, you know, it's easier on the road. There's, there's less pressure. There's less expectation. Uh, when you're away from your home building, uh, it sometimes makes it easier to play. But good teams play under pressure, play with expectations, and, and, they, and the Golden Knights can. It's just a matter of them getting back to it. And I think it's still early. There's still a lot of home games for them to, to find their game and to, to establish dominance on home ice once again. Um, but it, yeah, I think they're at the point now where, you know, they're saying, oh, they're no worry, don't worry, don't worry. Well, now there has to be a little bit of that urgency that creeps into them when they step on the ice at T-Mobile. Something that Mark Stone pointed to last night, he was asked about the defensive identity 
of the team not being where it has been previously? Are we underestimating what the absence of Alec Martinez has done? Kind of out of sight, out of mind. Are we underestimating how big of a hole that's left? Absolutely. Uh, you look at, and I said this, is you know, Alex Petrangelo has been phenomenal this season. Uh, I think, you know, being able to step up his game, we've seen a lot of guys grow in their game in White Cloud, uh, Theodore. But at the same time, Alec Martinez last season was arguably their best all-around defenseman. You know, you can throw him in there with Alec Petrangelo. But uh, Martinez had a great year last year. He, he's kind of a mix of, you know, you love what McNabb does, all the little things, the blocking, the shots, the hits, the uh, kind of, you know, they just you – know, the ultimate warrior that goes out there and battles for his team. Well, Martinez does that, then he has a little more of an offensive edge to his game. So that's a very important player to take out, and he's hard to play against because he has that experience. You don't win, you know, you, you can't underestimate somebody who's been there to win two Stanley Cups, who's not only won two Stanley Cups, he scored game-winning goals, so season, or, uh, series clinching goals. Uh, he understands what you need to do in those big moments. Um, so, yeah, he's a huge loss to this team. Uh, and, you know, hopefully it, it's good to see him back on the ice out of COVID protocol. He's going to need some practice time. Uh, he's going to have to, you know, try and simulate as much game action as he can when he's ready for that point. Another guy is Nick Haig, who uh, has been out. And, you know, I think it's, it, it speaks to, to his development and growth that we're saying, yeah, they're missing Nick Haig. This is a guy who started on the 5-6 pair, and then all of a sudden he's playing top with Alex Petrangelo. And, you notice him out of the lineup. He's a big body, and a lot of these goals, like you know, Pete DeBoer said last night, they're too soft in front of their net. And mentioned guys like Hague and Martinez, those are the type of guys that make a difference in those areas. More on this when we come back, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
looking forward. I think it's it's important we, uh, you know, play 60 minutes of winning hockey. I think, uh, you know, every there's a saying, right? If it doesn't if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And we played a very good team last night. That's that's rolling, uh, that's healthy, and uh, you know, I think there were some real good lessons for us as a group uh, to come out of that. And that's on us to apply it to tomorrow night and, you know, to the upcoming road trip because, uh, you know, we don't have any easy games on the schedule. So that was Pete DeBoer this morning referencing last night's game and, of course, the road ahead. Welcome back to Nighttime at Noon. Once again, Ashley Vice with BGK analyst Shane Knighty. Shane, you talked about tomorrow. He was talking about Thursday. The Montreal Canadiens come into town. I know earlier in the show you said you have to approach every team the same way, but pretend like you're not a player. You're just an analyst here. Montreal has... Seven wins <laughs> this season. Seven. For perspective, everyone likes to give the Arizona Coyotes a hard time, right? Arizona has nine wins. The Canadians have seven. What are you expecting when they come into town? I expect the Golden Knights to go out and, and win this game. The, the, this is this should be a win. There, there's no excuse for anything else. I think you don't worry about the opponent. And this is what I talked about in the first part. I think it's not so much about the opponent here. This is about them focusing on their game. What makes the Golden Knights good? They know that in the room. What makes my line good? What makes me good as a defense with my partner? Focus on those. Stick to their details. Play the game the way they're supposed to. And, and play. they need a consistent 60. It can't just be spurts. They've got to go out and try and put in a dominating performance. I think the last complete game I can think of was probably New Year's Day against Anaheim. I think that's the type of approach, that's the type of game they can play and and go out. Don't worry about where the Canadians sit. Learn from what they did against the Penguins, right? Learn about playing against a good team that you can't you, – you, you've got to be aware. You can't take time off. You can't get into penalty trouble. You've got to stick to what your game plan is because this is a tune-up. That road trip they're going on, yep. Washington, Carolina, yep. Florida, Tampa. Like that, that is a dangerous Eastern tour for all teams to go through. And you want to make sure you're going in there with the right mindset, with your game in the right place. So this is the type of game that, and type of team they're playing that they can utilize to get on track, to get back to that top performance, to feel good, to make sure they're heading out on that road trip with, you know, some swag to their game. You have to point out, as we're talking about last night and people worrying about home ice, worrying about all this, the Golden Knights are in an incredible position yeah. still. They just have to get back on track. How big would that road trip be in getting back on track? If you can even I, – I don't know. If you go 500 on that road trip, is it a win? What is successful on that kind of road trip? Beasts of the Eastern Conference. Well, the last one they went 4-0. Yep. So, um, obviously, that's the goal. I don't think – and that's where you get into danger and say, okay, well, if we split this road trip, uh, we'll consider that decent. Yeah. And it's it's termed a cliche a lot, but it really is a one game at a time mentality. They have to do that, and eventually they add up. I think they can go three and one on this trip, or four and zero is what they can. But it's on them. They they you want to establish yourself as the top team in the West. I, I think that's a challenge that athletes and, and players welcome is to go against the top in the other conference and, and prove your worth. Uh, so that's a great opportunity. These are these are easy games for them to get up for. When you play against these top teams, um, you know, Washington, obviously, there's a little more history there with uh, what happened in year one. I think Carolina is, you know, they've been all these teams are, are to me. These are these are the top teams in the East. And 
you know, they're they're able to go in Boston and win for the first time. I think Boston's a different team now, um, and in New York against the Rangers. But uh, these ones seem a little more dangerous. So uh, I think this is a great opportunity for them. I think as competitor, these are the challenges you look forward to, um, especially this point in the season as things start to ramp up. This is this can be one of those trips that really vaults them forward in the right direction. It's funny that you use the term looking forward. Uh, on that note, I want to take a listen to what Pete DeBoer said about the road trip this morning. <laughs> Joe, I, I think it'd be insane to, to say we're excited about uh, you know, going into those buildings, but uh, you know, uh, I think the history of our group here has, has been that uh, when we play with a little bit of fear in our belly, we're, we're, we're usually pretty good. And, uh, you know, we should have that uh, in these upcoming games. I think, you know, for me, when I, when I, uh, I look at last night, uh, you know, we were opportunistic in the first period. And then, you know, they got a veteran uh, team that's won and knows how to win. And uh, they ramped up their compete level. And, you know, we didn't defend hard enough or smart enough to uh, to close out that game. So a tough road trip ahead, like we talked about. Peter uh, I'd look forward to it. He doesn't know if anyone looks forward to it. I uh, think that the players, you know these guys, it's a competitive team. And, and it's like a, to get up yeah, and it's a good point when he says a little bit of fear. I think that's that's what you need to have. Uh, that's that's what drives a player. That Any motivation you can pull from whatever source is beneficial uh, to go out and compete. So... Um, you know, the, obviously, it's, it's a lot in a row. You'd like to maybe hit one or two of those teams in a, in a four game, not a four for four against it. But uh, and I, as we said, I think it's an important game Thursday for them against Montreal to maybe approach it the same way to get in that type of uh, mindset that, you know, we got to be ready for this road trip. Let's take care of business. We got one more home game. Um, and, and I think they'll be excited to play. And certainly, you know, there's a lot of the the. Got the guys from French Canada certainly get excited to play the Montreal Canadiens. Nick Waugh spoke this morning. Yep. He does it, Marcia. So, so those guys are always excited to, to, to play an original six team and then get set for that road trip and really, you know, get ready for the, for the Capitals that are first on the docket. I think something we've seen all season, regardless of who's in, who's out for various reasons, this team definitely has the talent to do it. All stars, if you will. So on a Turn to that topic a little bit. Let's Pete DeBoer, go. head coach of the Pacific Division, Alex Petrangelo, set to make his third All-Star appearance. Captain Mark Stone making his first. This is going to be some pretty good representation for the home team here. Yeah, it really is, and and I think especially when it's in the you know their hometown here, uh, for them to have the opportunity to play in front of their fans and, and to go out and, and you know, I think these games uh, now that they've added a little bit of money, the the kind of little mini tournament has, has turned up the intensity. Um, I think it's it's a great experience for fans to, to go to the skills competition, which we'll have first. And uh, a special moment, especially Mark Stone being his first. And I think also Alex Petrangelo. Everyone's kind of different. And I think it's even, you know, adds to it, as he said, the ability to play in your home city. And for Pete DeBoer to be behind the bench, I think it's something you take in, you experience, kind of cherish every moment that goes along with it. So Troy Terry ended up being the last yes. man in for the Pacific Division, which is a bummer. But people do back out of these things. You never know. I would not write off necessarily Jonathan Marsh. So there's still a chance he gets in, and it would be really cool for him. He's 
I don't know if anyone loves Vegas and loves being a Golden Knight more than Margie. Well, it's such a great story because you're talking about a player that was undrafted, overlooked for so many years, and then uh, he is a guy that has just with sure will and, and obviously talent and skill you know, forced his way not only into the league, but as a, but as a, as a, an all-star uh, with the way he's been able to score goals, um, you know, and started with Tampa, then then in Florida, and then that now here. And I think, you know, he's kind of played with that chip on his shoulder to prove himself, and he has. And I think this would be a really uh, real special moment for him if he can get that opportunity. He said there's still time. Uh, there's – They've got some hockey to play yet around the league. Uh, injuries happen. Things can happen that change, and guys may back out. So we'll wait and see on that. I was really hoping he would have gotten uh, the nod, the votes, but uh, still well represented with Stone uh, Petrangelo and Pete DeBoer. Also, Nathan McKinnon shared some opinions last week. <laughs> he said he thought that his team, the Avs, should have five to six players. He said, I believe what he said is he thinks it's silly that every team – has to send someone so we don't have to dive into that necessarily but I'm curious other than Jonathan Marsh so is there anyone that you think could have had an argument to be an all-star that maybe isn't Roman Yossi <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of guys and each and every team is going to be biased that they should have more than the other this is there, there's so many good players around the league you, you could you could make more all-star teams you could up it uh, to whatever amount you want, but at some point, I think there needs to be representation from every team. I think that's part of it. It's a showcase um, of talent around the league, and and unfortunately, you have to cap it at a certain number. Um, so yeah, there's going to be some very good players that are that should be rewarded as an all-star that don't get in. That's just the reality of it. I think um, you know, there's no need to take it personal. Uh, and I think Nathan McKinnon, he just He's sticking up for his team. I, I don't agree with him, but that, that's his point. And uh, the All-Star game is what it is. It's, it's a showcase. And uh, there's always going to be people that are okay with it. Probably the majority aren't because they're fans and they want more of their, their team in there. Or they feel str more strongly about their players, and that's, uh, that's what makes it passion. I interviewed Max Pacioretty, I believe it was during the Boston game, was asking him about Chandler Stevenson, and some fans made the joke that they thought he was trying to get him in the fastest skater competition because I asked what makes him so effective, and he said he's one of, if not the fastest skaters in the league. Curious, if Chandler Stevenson was able to be in a fastest skater competition, do you think that the league might be surprised at the way he might keep up with guys like Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid and whoever else might be in that competition? I don't think anymore. I think he's he's established that that he is one of the fastest skaters in the league. I think teams know that. Uh, every team now, uh, you do pre-scouts. Uh, you have individual kind of little scouting reports on the opposition. And I guarantee at the top of it for Chandler Stevenson from every team that sets that out for the players when they're facing the Golden Knights, talks about his speed. And then for them to witness it on the ice, Players know they're they're pretty they're pretty quick at uh, picking up at players and certainly with him what he's been able to do this season for the Golden Knights with so many injuries and be consistent and lead this team uh, uh, everyone's aware of his ability to to get up and down the ice very quickly the the guy that's kind of coming along now is Yanmark Matthias Yanmark uh, as the well as got some good wheels dead spot yeah. dead stop just from yeah, a dead draws stop the penalty that's incredible. not fun as a defenseman it's, it's, it's almost embarrassing, but it was a pretty good defenseman, Chris Letang, that was chasing him down. 
Well, we are about to take a break, but first, you need more hockey? Make sure to check out the newest team in town, the Henderson Silver Knights of the American Hockey League. Single game, group, and mini suite tickets for home games during the 2021-22 season are on sale now. Contact the Henderson Silver Knights ticketing team at 702-645-4259 or visit hendersonsilvernightshockey.com to learn more. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Nighttime at Noon, and be one of the first to join the Vegas Nighthawks family. Secure your seat selection priority today by placing a refundable $20 deposit at nighthawksfootball.com. Full season membership will start at just $10 a ticket at the brand new Dollar Loan Center located in Henderson. Welcome back inside once again, Ashley Vice with the Sheriff, Shane Knighty. And Shane, we're talking about all this NHL All-Star news. This might not have anything to do with the NHL, but Zayden. 90 oh, is an all-star of his own. Why don't you tell us about his all-star oh, game just, coming up in February? Oh, boy. I, I shouldn't tell you stuff. Yeah, just my, my son's playing in uh, the high school all-star game that same weekend, the Sunday. So it's going to be I'm going to have uh, skills, NHL all-star game, and then a uh, high school all-star game down in uh, California. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how he does. Well, congratulations well, and it's, good it's, luck yeah. to Zayden. Also, you help coach his team. I'm curious – how would you describe yourself as a coach, Shane? Have these kid, kids seen you drop the They're gloves? They're scared. Have they seen all this? They're scared of me. I, I, I can, uh, yeah, I, I like to be intense, right? Uh, I think I grew up with the old school coaches. Uh, I love working with the kids, but uh, you want to keep them on edge. I want, I want them to work hard and to, to work as a group. So uh, it's fun to get out and, and help out when I can. Obviously, our schedule doesn't permit uh, to be there all the time, but I am uh, willing to help out when I can. I remember one day we were landing at like 1 or 2 a.m. and you were like, oh, have to be at the rink yeah. in three and a half Morning hours. practice, yep. And you told me the other day they don't necessarily get you at the best time of day. No. 5 a.m. is not the best time to get the sheriff. No, no, 5.30 in the morning, uh, not at my cheeriest, just to say the least. Well, that's all right. Well, some more Golden Knights news prospect Brendan Brisson named the U.S. Olympic team, so congrats to him. He was the number 29 overall pick by the VGK back in 2020, currently playing at the University of Michigan. Now, I know there have been a lot of mixed feelings, mixed opinions about NHL players not going, but this is an incredible opportunity for some of these young stars to get an incredible experience. Absolutely, and I think you know it's good for the, the Golden Knights organization when you have a prospect, a, a player, you know, obviously at University of Michigan, you know, getting that development and that process of learning there. But when they get an opportunity, whether it's a junior or collegiate player, first of all, to play in the World Junior Championships, which that got canceled. We're going to see more guys do that. But at any level where you can represent your country and especially the Olympics. So this is going to be a step up from World Juniors for your prospect and for Brisson to have a chance to play at this level. Um, I think it's great for development to play with that type of pressure, those type of high, you know, intense games that, that carry so much weight. Um, you learn, and uh, it's only beneficial to him as he continues to grow as a player in, in all aspects. So I think this is a great opportunity for him to represent uh, the United States and play in the Olympics, wow, at a young age. Um, he's only going to learn from it. So hopefully he has success, I think. It's always good when he can win if they're able to do that, um, even though I'm Canadian. But uh, your team USA now, I, 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 you can I'm, pretend. I, I, I cheer for both. We'll, we'll see what happens if they meet up. We'll, we'll go. We'll, I'll deal with it when it comes. Well, he's a stud too. 15 goals yeah. and 30 points through 25 games at Michigan this season. Pretty incredible. But he knows he's not just representing his country in his college. He knows he's representing Vegas too. Here he was on that yesterday. I'll be representing Vegas and I know I haven't, you know, I haven't obviously been, you know, with the team yet or been, you know, part, yeah, I'm not a part of the team yet, but, you know, I'm still part of the Vegas family and, uh, you know, just representing Vegas and, you know, having, playing for their fans as well. 
uh, something that's going to be really cool. You know, I could, you know, make a really good impression for myself out there. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, obviously Vegas is in, in the United States. So I feel like they'll all be rooting for, for our team as well. Do you have a favorite Olympic memory, Shane? Uh, well, there, there's a few. Uh, 2010. Remember that one? Yeah, I do. Yes. Sydney Crosby, the, the golden, that one, golden We don't goal. talk about Sydney Crosby after last night. No, that's Shane, true. Well, that was an empty net doing? goal. Um, but a good point there uh, by Bernard Brisson talking about an opportunity, and I think that's the, a great way for him to look at it because, yeah, there's going to be, you know, to establish himself to, to climb up here, uh, you know, for the Golden Knights organization, which will be watching. This is an evaluation for them to watch him at a higher level and, and to see how he can compete, how he can grow, and how he can play. So, uh, you know, he's a player that, uh, you know, it's great that he's representing Vegas. He's representing the United States. And he's got something to prove. I think every situation you put yourself in uh, at that age, uh, you want to prove yourself. And, and he's been able to do it at the University of Michigan. You mentioned 15 goals. The guy has a crazy one-timer. He can release the puck. He is a shooter. Um, so good on him. Kind of a testament to what this organization has done that you have – prospects like that but you still have such a stacked team right now like not only is right now bright but the future's bright oh certainly and that's what you want to do that's the that's the challenge for any uh, hockey op staff uh, you know general managers kelly mccrimmon george mcphee to to not only have a team that's competitive now to make sure you kind of i think the term they use is stock the cupboard as much as you can so that uh, you can pull those pieces out when you need them and i think you know that's one thing you've seen this year is the organizational depth with you know, with dealing with COVID and dealing with some, you know, crazy amount of injuries here for the Golden Knights to, to see some players from the Henderson Silver Knights get the opportunity to come up to play uh, and not only play, but be successful. Uh, I think that's so important. And uh, it's made them learn more, evaluate more about where they're at as an organization and as a team. And then, you know, have these kids that are in junior or college uh, that are coming up and they're the next ones to go to Henderson and, and so forth. So, um, yeah, lots of lots of good things uh, down the pipeline for Vegas. You talk about the Henderson Silver Knights players who not only came up, but came up and made a difference. You see Jack Eichel now on the ice, who Pete DeBoer Boy, says is giving, you know, a boost. But how do all of these things not only give you a boost because you know talent's coming in, but as a player, how does it enhance the internal competition? Well, I think it does. <laughs> Believe me, as someone who had to deal with the young players always constantly pushing you, I think – you know, that, that gives you determination to prove your worth each and every day, regardless of how long you've been in the league. Uh, you know, everybody that puts on that Golden Knights uniform doesn't want to give it up to anybody. Uh, so it's a matter of, of playing each and every game and, and going out there with, uh, you know, that type of attitude that, hey, I just want to continue to prove my worth because there's some guys down at Henderson that want that opportunity. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's always good and beneficial in any organization when you can have that type of internal competition that, that drives you, and, and that's, uh, that, that's important to have. And you mentioned Jack Eichel. I could watch him practice for hours. He is so smooth, so good, his shot, his hands. Uh, he's getting better and better each day as he kind of, you know, ramps it up still. Uh, you know, obviously no contact, and we'll, we'll wait to see what that is. I don't think there's any way you can put a time on when that's going to happen. That'll be something that'll happen internally with all the medical people that uh, are involved but he is uh he is about as smooth as it comes on the ice you said 
you could watch him all practice long. These fans also can't get enough hearing. So can you dissect even more, like, what makes him so good? I know I was talking to Darren Millard when we were watching practice a couple of days ago, and he was like, I don't know if anyone really even understands just how talented he yeah. is and what a difference he's going to make. Like, can you vo verbalize that? Well, you can. let's start with his skating. His edge work is so good uh, as a skater. He, he's an efficient, smooth skater. He does it effortlessly. Um, and then his hands. His hands move about as quick as his feet. His shot, which that might be the biggest surprise, because I think you always learn more when I, you know, and you know about players around the league, but when you cover one team or you watch a team practice day in and day out, you pick up more things. And, you know, a great example of that is Mark Stone. I think Alex Petrangelo talked about it not long ago. Day in and day out, when you're with a player, you, you grow such a, a more, more respect for the way and how good they are uh, on the things they do, the little details. And I think with Eichel, we still a lot more to learn. You're going to see, enjoy every moment. But his release, his shot is something else. You know, Patch Reddy has that, one of the most elite shots in the league. It's heavy, it's hard. I think, you know, Eichel's is a little different, but his release is so quick. And he's able to do it in stride. And I think, you know, from so many different positions skating, when you can release the puck as quick as he can, it, it doesn't allow the goalie to get set. And then he's also he's a good passer. He's got his head up. Uh, he sees the ice so well. Uh, he can. He just does, he's able to do everything in motion, uh, at a you know, and, and in deceiving the way he can do it with his stick handling. You don't know whether it's a shot or a pass coming. So, very very special player that uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, I, I said when they first traded for him, it was like, well, I live in Canada. It's like getting a bike at Christmas when you live in winter. You, you don't get to enjoy it until the summer. Now it's, uh, it's like the weather's warming up. I'm excited to see him, but we just don't know when it'll be. You take all those weapons that you talked about, and then you pair it with the mental aspect. He seems so enthusiastic about being here. It was just a week ago, last Tuesday, that he met with the media, and he seemed so excited to be here. He said he thinks he'll know when he's physically, mentally, and emotionally yeah. ready, but more importantly, he's confident that the team will trust him when that time comes. How does taking that skill and pairing that with the situation that he's comfortable with, how does that just make the whole thing even more dangerous? So there's two things to me that make it really Dangerous in a good way for Golden Knights right. fans is his motivation. Uh, you know, what, what drives athletes? Well, it's to prove yourself. Not that he needs to, but he wants to. And, uh, he's not happy with the way this situation went with the Buffalo Sabres, with everything handled, uh, and with maybe some doubters out there that can he return to the form. So motivation is a huge factor for him, and he is a guy that I think is really driven by it. That, and then the other factor is he's never been surrounded with this type of talent. Yep. He's never played on a team. Has you know, anyone on this team, though? No, you a know, lot like of guys. Some he guys, comes in, do you know, think yeah. any of these players have ever played on such a stacked team? Well, he's been in Buffalo, so there's <laughs> other players. That, you know, Dodonov came from Florida, which was yep. pretty good. Uh, you know, there's been other guys that have, but Jack Eichel hasn't. To have the ability to play with some wingers, whether, and we don't know whether it's going to be Pacioretty or Stone or it could be Jonathan Marshall, Riley Smith. Um, you know, th there's a whole bunch of them that you could see him play with. And I think that, you know, for him personally, that's exciting. Um, so there's lots. First, you know, he wants to get back and play. That's the most exciting, just to get back to full health. Um, he said he feels great. The, the only thing next is to introduce some sort of contact and slowly ramp that up. And, and as we said, that's you want to be careful and you want to make sure with that. But motivation 
to get back to, to prove people to people that he's still an elite top player in this league and then the excitement pure joy he'll have thinking of who he possibly could play with here on the Golden Knights want to transition to talking about the league as a whole want to start big picture you always hear there's never an easy night in this league yada yada <laughs> yada but the disparity between the top teams and the fourth place teams in each of the divisions seems even more minuscule than usual this year it's three points separate first place and four, fourth place in the metro six separate first and fourth in the central and four in the pacific we're halfway through the season. This isn't a couple games in anymore. Why do you think things are so tight among the top teams? I think there's just a lot of parity in the league. I think, you know, out east is a little different. It's tight in the divisions, but I think they pretty much know they're eight. Uh, whereas the west, a little more wide open. Uh, the central is very, you know, dangerous. The top four and even not far behind that. Pacific, the same thing. Um, and it is, I think, you know, this year maybe a little more unique uh, because of each team having to go through adversity. Uh, and it's who handles it best. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty this season, game to game, day to day, uh, for who you're going to have in the lineup and who the coaching staff's going to use and, and, and how you go from that. So, um, But it's who learns from it, who's able to adapt the quickest that'll, that'll get there. But certainly, you know, so, so the parity's been there, and, and I think that's what makes it great about hockey is as you get to this point in the season, uh, not only, you know, vying for a, a playoff position, but jockeying for position in that playoff uh, race so you know the east is I, I feel they kind of we kind of know the eight teams which is rare at this time uh, but certainly that one through eight placement is up for grabs in the west uh, it is in the divisions but there's also some teams that are very close on the outside so there's a lot to play out here as uh, we go through the rest of the NHL season well you mentioned the uncertainty we have some news that might change some of that uncertainty but first uh, we're going to take a break so we'll have that whenever we come back
Welcome back to Nighttime at Noon. And for exclusive Vegas, Vegas Golden Knights gear, visit one of the Vegas Golden Knights official team store locations. The Armory, located at T-Mobile Arena. The Arsenal, located at City National Arena or on our website, VegasTeamStore.com or on social media at VGK Gear. And welcome back inside Studio 31. Once again, Ashley Vice joined by Shane Knighty. Shane talked about how there might be a little bit less uncertainty moving forward. I don't know that it's official yet, but it's everything but official that after the All-Star break, the league is going to stop testing asymptomatic players. Now, not here to get in a debate no. on what should or shouldn't be done, but without a doubt, that is going to change some things, hopefully a lot less a lot fewer cancellations and hopefully a lot more consistency among the teams. Well, they're, they're trying to find ways to fix it here as they move forward. And, uh, you know, this will be between the NHL and NHLPA. They'll have their discussions and, and try and come to an agreement on the best way to move forward. And uh, we'll wait and see how that comes. I know there's been a lot of players that have been asymptomatic that, that have out, been out and sitting at home feeling great. So um, I think this is just, uh, you know, kind of, as we, I don't know if we ever learn more about COVID uh, worldwide, but certainly looking at ways to, to move through it a little more smooth. So I should clarify that the testing will still happen for cross-border travel. This is just on a day-to-day -day basis, basis, not testing players who are asymptomatic. Also hearing that this week, maybe as soon as tomorrow, hopefully a revised schedule. That has to feel good for the players to yeah. be able to kind of reset, right, and know what the road ahead might look like. I think that's, and through all of this, it's maybe one of the most challenging thing for players because your creature of habit in your whole life, you, you get, you know, you know when your camp starts, and from then on, you have a schedule that is set in stone for their whole lives, right from when they played, you know, whether junior college, uh, minor pro, whatever level, it, it's set. That's, that's what you've known, and now it's, it's kind of been constantly changing here the last few seasons, so I think... You know, with a lot of, you know, unknown here, they know they have some games to make up, uh, some teams a lot more than others. And for the Golden Knights, uh, they want to get their schedule so you can you kind of put a little bit of plan in your head and, and understand moving forward uh, what's needed of you. So uh, hopefully that can get out here soon. And for fans, too, to know what's going on. And you talked about earlier getting ready for the playoffs because there's so, so much parity in the league. There's, you know, it's so tight. Whenever you know that when you come back from the All-Star game, there's no more testing, hopefully you have a normal schedule set and the league's tight. Does playoff hockey kind of begin at that point? I think it starts to amp up, yeah. And you look at the standings, you see where you're at. I think you're working towards getting to that game, to hitting your, your best game, your best stride as a team uh, as you get closer. There's still a lot of hockey to play, but, yeah, there there's – there's a couple points in the season where it's almost like the, you know you flip the switch a little bit. And I think after the All-Star breaks, one of them, and then as you kind of get through March, well, it's different this year. It's a, the full month of right. April of hockey. So I think as you get into that last month, you, you try and hit another one, and uh, uh, everything cranks up a little bit around the league. For Vegas, you do hope that it cranks up now heading into that road trip, though, like we talked about, because that's going to be a big one and a big chance just to get some confidence back up. Not that they're lacking in that department, but it would certainly – turn things around um fans might not like me for bringing this up i know how <laughs> they all feel about the san jose sharks but timo meyer five goal game last night where does that rank among performances you've seen well it's impressive uh, anytime i think you score a hat trick's impressive four goals is great and that's happened around the league this season but five goals by timo meyer uh very impressive first time since uh, i think mika zibanejad did it uh, a few years ago 
Uh, impressive. The only the, the, the best five goal game was Mario Lemieux, and I had to look it up because he fi- scored five goals five different ways. So he scored even strength, power play, shorthanded, a penalty shot, and an empty net. Um, that that's pretty good. And then Daryl Sittler, of course, had the ten point game with six goals and four assists uh, against the Boston Bruins a long time ago. I don't know Dave probably called that game. <laughs> At that point, is a skater in a goalie's head? Like, how, how does that even happen? Boy, it, that's why it's so rare. I, I don't know if there's an explanation how it happens. He's just on that night. Uh, when things go your way uh, and everything's just uh, – he must have been feeling it. I don't know what luck. I hope he went out and bought a lottery ticket afterwards <laughs> or whatever he needed to do. But uh, everything certainly went his way. And he needs to go that player's way to, to have a night like that. It's a special – Special feat to be able to accomplish. And Montreal rolling into town this week with a new general manager, Kent Hughes, named this morning. What do you know about that situation? Well, a lot of, yeah, a lot of speculation about who is going to be. And obviously with Montreal, one of the parameters uh, from the Molson family, what they were needed to be bilingual. Uh, Kent Hughes, uh, you know, longtime player agent, or a well-respected one, has – some big names, and I don't think it would be an easy decision for him to, to step away from a, a very successful, you know, agency. Uh, you know, Chris Letang, Patrice Bergeron, a couple of them that uh, belong with him. Um, but this mu- opportunity must have been something for him. Uh, uh, you know, I think he's a, a Montreal guy, and uh, they found their guy, and the, the offer must have been right here as the, the Canadians are, are trying to revamp everything, obviously with the – a season unlike any other they've had in a historic franchise, uh, they need to move forward. And uh, Kent Hughes is going to be the guy that uh, is given that task. It's not an easy one. It's, it's a tough market to, uh, to, to play in, to, to be part of an organization in, because it's, it's been around forever. They, they are the, you know, kind of the standard there is they need to win. Uh, it's not very unforgiving in the media and everything. So um, they're going to have to turn things around and, We'll see if Kent Hughes can be the guy that uh, helps lead him in that direction. Staying in the East, a very special night in Boston. The Bruins are retiring. Yes. Willie O'Ree's number 22. 64 years to the day when he debuted against the Montreal Canadiens and became the first black NHL player. Uh, I saw some comments last night of what took so long, but he he means so much to the National Hockey League. But you playing in Boston, can you speak to yeah. what he means? Oh, well, the trailblazer, right? Breaking barriers um, and, and one of the, the kindest, sweetest men ever. Uh, what he's done and the, and the way he's been able to stay in it and, and really be a big part of, uh, you know, continuing that message around the league for, for the NHL and for sports. Uh, just, uh, you know, a great, a, a great honor that was, you know, probably overdue for him. To, to have that occasion happen last night. So uh, all the best to Willie O'Ree and what he's done for this game and continues to do for this game moving forward. I should mention that he's going to be involved in the All-Star festivities yes, as well. I know he's going to be a part of a STEM panel that I'm going to be part of that I'm super pumped about. Uh, what a difference maker. Trailblazer is the perfect term to use for that. Um, on Discovery last night, we got to see the Zamborghini. Have you seen this thing yet, Shane? I heard about it, Yes. Are you going to drive it? Do you get a chance? You don't want me to. I'd break. I don't know how much that thing's worth. I would break it. I have zero doubt about that. I'd wreck it. I'd, have you ever driven a Zamboni? No, I haven't. You that, haven't. That's, that's uh, 
Yeah, I haven't. We got to put that on the list. Shane needs to be whipping the sand around. It's weird because I, when I, I grew up in a small town in Canada, and I basically lived at the rink or the arena. Um, I'd be, we only had one in my town, but I was on weekends after school. I'd hang out there. I'd move the nets for the Zamboni driver. I'd work the score clock. I'd do anything I could just to wait for an extra free 20, 30 minutes of ice where I could grab my skates and get on. So I did all the work around there except drive the Zamboni, but uh, I was probably still too young to drive. And it was a little scary. Those turns can get, you know, I, I wouldn't want to. It's a small town. You don't want to be the guy who breaks the one Zamboni. Then no one can skate. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be, uh, that wouldn't have been good. Well, Vegas isn't too small of a town. There's multiple Zambonis here. So maybe we can get Darren yeah. Elliott. No, I don't, th- I don't, I don't think they want me. We'll see. Get Shane on there. Maybe I'll just ride on maybe it. Maybe you can ride it during the intermission. Yeah, can you we should do that. A okay. <laughs> Practice your wave. Uh, also, happy birthday to Alex Petrangelo. Shane, you're not going to sing "Happy Birthday." No, that's da- that would be Gosher's gig. Yeah, yeah. Gosher, he could do his uh, deep voice. It was worth a shot. McNabb's birthday on Friday. Two guys, they've made a huge difference this season. We talked about it a little bit earlier with the absence of Alec Martinez, but the way those two especially have stepped up has been huge. Well, that's what you expect from veteran uh, veteran guys, and you know, uh, just so important to this team in in the same way and in different ways uh, obviously Petrangelo a lot more offensive but Braden McNabb just kind of uh, you know you hear it from his teammates they they just respect each and every game how he plays how he approaches the game his willingness to be physical to block shots uh, uh, he, he's tremendous they're both just so important to the Golden Knights so uh, great leaders great veterans in that room well happy birthday to Alex Petrangelo yes happy birthday happy Alex early birthday to Braden McNabb, two vets on the team, and just a couple more days in this homestand. Shane, you doing anything before we hit the road? No, we'll get ready. Uh, I think, like everybody else, excited to get on a road trip. So uh, take care of business uh, on Thursday with a big uh, W and two points, and then uh, get ready for what's going to be a real tough test of a road trip. It will be. It'll be a fun one, and everyone, thanks for listening. This was Nighttime at Noon for Shane Knighty. I'm Ashley Weiss. We'll see you next week.